Hey, John, All-Star Weekend, dunk contest this year? Come on. What are we doing? Ooh, he's in Cleveland. He's in Cleveland this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the game's Welcome to Triple Zeros, the anti-hot take sports show. I'm your host, Josh Bugcalter. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Bug. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, clockersports.com. Email address is clockersports at gmail.com. And of course, follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at 30spod, the number three, zeros and pod. That voice you just heard was one, John Collins Ford for the Atlanta Hawks, talking about his participation, his his availability for the participation, whatever the case may be. Him playing, uh, uh, taking part in the dunk contest this year's All-Star break uh, in Cleveland. We'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> the news of the day. See, things have a way of working out sometimes. And typically, I record on Fridays and release on Saturday or late Friday nights. Technically, late Friday night. Anyway, technically Saturday morning, whatever. Um, anyway, decided to record this one on Saturday. And that got pushed back a little bit. And come to find out, we may or may not have to be discussing some breaking news here because it was reported by Adam Schefter and Ian Rapport and every outlet imaginable uh, that Tom Brady officially was retiring from the NFL after 22 seasons uh, and numerous out- uh, accolades, 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven wins, um, uh, three-time MVP, multiple. We'll get into that in a second because it's it's quite incredible the list of things that we we the list of his accomplishments. However. His agent recently came out with the whole on not so fast pimping since been pimping. Uh, Don Yee releasing a statement saying that basically, while you know there's a lot of speculation, he's the one to get into too much of what the uh, what the inaccuracies of the reports are. Only Tom Brady will be the one to address it completely. He also said that he understands the timeline of the football business and that it will make the decision soon. Doesn't sound like it's a done deal for a certain, but. After much speculation, this was the first report, and again, it was taken with and ran with fi- and ran with like wildfire. You can't really uh, uh, be surprised by that, though. This kind of news is going to break the internet either way it goes. Now, it was pointed out that if Tom Brady, in fact, is not retiring, that will in fact shatter the internet, and we will have to find some other means of communication for the next foreseeable future until we get it back up and running again. Because that would just be uh, that'd be incomprehensible. We often talk about how uh, a Michael Jordan uh, uh, "I'm back" tweet now would break the internet tom brady retired unretiring tweets and within uh, 24 hours whatever how long it takes you you kidding me that'd be insane that'd be insane so anyway um it's just a a whirlwind right a whirlwind 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 right now of things going on because it's just it's it's brady's a a highly common pick 199 right in the draft uh had to split time in college with drew henson who who right so um, I remember Drew Henson. Michigan went to uh, uh, went to Dallas. They tried to make him the guy. They were going to groom him. They Dallas has long had that quarterback that they were just grooming to be the next guy after they had Aikman and all that. And Tony uh, Tony Romo, 
Dak is that guy now. Like they, they, Drew was one of those guys, and it did not work out. But anyway, Brady, uh, seven-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time NFL MVP, 15-time Pro Bowler, NFL's all-time passing leader with 624 touchdowns, NFL's all-time passing yards leader with 85,520 yards, and the most career wins. Um, listen. There's a lot of debate about who's the best quarterback ever, and I'm 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 heavy on the nuance when it, when it comes to goat conversations and best ever versus greatest ever. I do think that there is a distinction. Um, and if you want to tell me and you want to argue that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback you've ever seen, or John Elway, my personal pick, is the most talented quarterback you've ever seen, that's fine. Uh, but you can't tell me that any of them are better than Tom Brady when it comes to the game, right? The, the actual point of what they're doing out there they're not out there just to accumulate yards and look good doing it they're out there to win games and I think that's an an underappreciated uh uh quality when we talk about those things and when we talk about being able to do stuff that's not always pleasing to the eye right it doesn't always show up in a way that you would necessarily expect like for all the glitz and glamour of Aaron Rodgers look at how everybody's piling on him now for how he had to bow out of the postseason so Brady, what he's done, 22 years in the NFL, 10 years between Super Bowl appearances at one point. Like, it's, it's insane. Led the league in passing touchdowns this year uh, with 44 and, and uh, just an incredible career, right? Two franchises to the Super Bowl. Um, first year with Tampa Bay, he went there. He went a torn, what was a torn MCL? I don't want to say ACL because I don't think it was ACL, but he had a torn, partially torn knee ligament. Um, didn't know the playbook, didn't have a, a summer uh, training camp. Uh, just learning his teammates and went out there and won a chip like goat stuff. Right. And, and, and if this is it, man, it's one hell of a way, one hell of a ride and one hell of a way to go out just like Tom Brady without really much of the fanfare and the, the farewell tour uh, that folks are saying that he was trying to avoid with all this. Now, again, nothing is official because his agent has said that it's not the case, but uh, it is kind of cool. Like I said, that things worked out this way, that the, the recording got pushed back and got to discuss Tom Brady. Potentially, got to put that disclaimer in there before folks try to say anything otherwise. Potentially, Tom Brady has retired from the NFL as the uh, as the 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 GOAT. And I don't know how you debate it. I really, I look, we could do it another time. Not right now, though, because at this point in time, I'm, I, I can't see anybody knocking me off of that thought process that Brady is, in fact, the GOAT uh, of, of the NFL. You want to talk about other sports some other time, too? That's fine. But I'm sticking to this right now. Brady the GOAT, period. Um, that does create a vacuum in the NFL. And uh, some of the teams that probably aren't challenging for that mantle just yet, but there is a lot of news. The NFL has uh, the the hiring process with executives, front office, and head coaches is in full swing. The Bears, Giants, Vikings hired their GMs. Um, Bears hired uh, uh, Ryan Poles from the Kansas City Chiefs. Giants hired Joe Shane from the uh, from the Buffalo Bills, and the Vikings hired a Defi Quinza Mosa. Oh my, a Defi. Oh, Quanta Mensa. I'm I'm butchering his name, so I got to make sure I get that right before we go. Um, but They've hired their GMs to uh, to head their new operation. That's interesting with the Giants ended up hiring Brian Dayball. Giant, uh, Joe Shane was uh, obviously very close to Dayball coming from Buffalo. So that one made sense. Um, Quese Adolfo Mensa. I did not want to butcher it anymore. Quese Adolfo Mensa is an analytics guy, finance guy that caught on with the Browns and is now going to be running the Vikings operation. And the Bears tapped the Kansas City Chiefs well again, uh, this time going for an executive and not a coach. <laughs> 
in uh in polls who has experience under Balor, comes highly recommended from a lot of people. Um and come to find out, apparently is a guy that I guess Trace Armstrong's recommend. I gotta look that up a little bit more, but what I'm hearing out of there is a lot of the process stuff that people had a problem with is not really the way it was going down. We'll see if that ultimately is the case, but um it turns out that uh reports are rather that that Bruce uh, Bill Polian was not happy with how uh, he was cut out of the final process and that he wanted somebody else in, oppo- in opposition to who uh, ultimately got hired and Matt Everflus to run the Bears uh, on the field now. And honestly, whatever. <laughs> we, that, we do this every year and people love some and hate others and half the people are right and half the people are wrong. That's just the way it goes. And that's not all half on either side. That's just the way it goes. So I'm not ready to uh, to 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 actually you know i can't i can't really say that anything other than okay so the big thing that let me, let me put it this way the big thing that got me over the bears is the agency that polls and Eberflus have everybody was complaining about how he picked him so fast there's no way this is his guy same agent that agent trace armstrong a guy who everybody wanted the bears to hire to run their organization like it's it's funny how so many of their complaints how I many so many of people's complaints fan base it's just fans fan is short for fanatic and so it, it comes out in all types of situations like this where the overreaction really beats what's actually happening. And I was telling people the entire time and I wrote it for last Road Pro Football um, that it was it was yielding quality candidates to see if they picked the right ones. And even if it wasn't mine, which it wasn't, either none of them, neither the GM nor the head coach or the guy that I that I had hoped they would hire, doesn't mean I'm upset about it. Doesn't mean I'm excited, but I'm not upset about it either. And I I I, I did say that indifference is probably worse than feeling one way or the other. But I don't hate it, and I think that is a good thing, if any, if for what it's worth. Um, we'll see. This is, is all I can say. Now there are rumors that they are hiring Luke Getze, the Packers' passing game coordinator, to be the uh, offensive coordinator. And so, if that works out for him, then fine. You know, but there's still a lot of questions because it's the Bears with the Giants and Brian Dable. I people who are upset that he didn't choose the Bears, the Bears didn't go after him. You can only hire the guys that want to work with you and work for you, and. It seemed like, from what I was reading, that Shane wanted the Giants' job, and if Shane wanted the Giants' job, guess what that meant? That that Dable is probably going to go as well. Um, he was also finalist in Miami. Uh, Miami is now looking towards Kellen Moore. Um, and and after the game that he had in the playoffs, I don't know how that's possible, but that's not even the weirdest head coaching interview that we were talking about in a second. Um, you also have the the uh, Broncos hiring the, the Packers' offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, which has led to speculation that Aaron Rodgers could be traded to the Broncos. Um, here's my thing. Here's my wild theory. And I know it's not going to happen because there's a lot of reasons why it won't happen. But Brady should go, or, or Rodgers rather, should go down to Tampa Bay. Now, he can't follow Tom Brady. Let me get that out of the way. He can't go follow Brady. But he wants control in a quarterback situation where they're going to do what you want them to do to get you the pieces that you need. That's the one. Now, part of the reason why Brady is retiring, some say, is quote unquote, if he does retire, is because of the facelift that the uh, Bucks are about to have to undergo financially and obviously on the roster then. And that would probably keep Rodgers from going there. But the Broncos thing is a very much realistic situation with Hackett going and and, and the Packers having a path to get back to bringing it back. But if you bring it back, are you better? And I don't know if you can. They can bring it back. Can they improve? That's the question. Uh, Maybe you said their offensive line is a little bit healthier, but I don't know if that was necessarily the issue when they went out. I don't think that was the issue. So I would I would find be I think it would be hard pressed to put that issue on the offensive line. Um, if you were to go back and watch that game against the San Francisco 49ers there. So um, as much as, as Rodgers did get pressured, I just don't think that was the cause, the root cause of why they went down. Um, but the weirdest one has to be 
McCown getting interviewed for a second time now in Houston. I told you last episode that McCown, that the Houston Texans wanted people to want Josh McCown as bad as they wanted Josh McCown. They wanted somebody else to interview him to put some legitimacy to what they were doing, interviewing a, a, a guy whose experience, the extent of his experience is coaching his, high, his son's high school football team. They're going to bypass a lot of other qualified candidates after they, they just jettisoned a, a, a longtime NFL assistant in David Culley after one season and all the turmoil and stuff that he had to go through. Like it's it's Houston is is the quintessential uh, poster child for the teams that I talk about that are just destined to be farm systems because who wants to play for that for any long period of time when this is how you operate that's just sloppy now winning changes everything the right hire will fix a lot but the reputation that you have is hard to shake even if you do get it right once like even a garbage can gets a stake so people will still have that that skepticism until you sustain a level of stability and and professionalism that I think that they've kind of lacked um even if you want to talk about the players and, and Deshaun Watson in particular and, and kind of stuff that they get into that's fine but it's a it's a symptom not a not not the cause right not the not the infection um and so yeah I, that, that's just a, McCown is an interesting choice just an interesting choice he should I there's so many other coaches um, one team that has hired a coach that I probably should have gone another direction, Charlotte hired Ben McAdoo from the Giants. Remember, remember, remember that? Remember how that how that turned out with uh, the Giants up there? I don't know what made them think that they wanted to have hire McAdoo to be the OC, but I'll also say this: um, at some point, it has to be Matt Rule. It has to. At some point, it has to be Matt Rule because. You can't keep going through offensive coordinators and quarterbacks and and personnel and all this and blaming everything else and not say that it's the head coach who's gone through and, and was supposed to come through and change the culture. And maybe that's why he keeps getting another chance. But we've seen how that plays out when that guy keeps getting shot after shot after shot. Tell you how it ends up. They get fired. And then you get people doubting your process and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see what happens with them, too. But I just did not like that. Now, the other big news, the other big stepping away, also in the NFC South, Sean Payton. Stepped away from the uh, from the New Orleans Saints. Now, he was careful to not call it a full retirement. He will be stepping into the TV booth. I believe it was with Fox. His, his deal is, uh, but he was careful to call it a, a break, a hiatus, I guess, and has said that he might come back to coaching. And he also opened up the doors to the possibility of it not being with the Saints, which of course naturally has led the people speculate that he could be the guy to uh, lead the way out in Dallas. Now. Here's something that complicates that even further. Dallas was in risk at risk of losing their defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, uh, because he was a hot name on the coaching side. Even had a, a, a was a finalist for the Bears job. Many thought that he was going to be that that the Dallas should go ahead and and make the move with Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy <laughs> jettisoned him, get uh, Quinn in there to to make sure he didn't go anywhere. Well, Quinn is now back on a multi multi year deal. My question is. Even if Peyton comes back, what do you do with Quinn now? Like, is Quinn? I don't know if Quinn stays there or just on a new deal. Uh, does is, does it come with some kind of guarantee that he could be the next head coach? Did it come with with something that he'd be around even when Peyton took over? What does that? How does that look? Right? Is that a co head coaching deal? What does that look like? And honestly, Peyton might just be gone. Like, I, I don't see. I don't know why he would come back to the Saints. That's always a weird thing to me. Is he can come back in a couple weeks? I, they, yeah, he could. But by that time, you probably have tried to move on enough to the point where you don't want to go back in that direction. Now, maybe it goes so poorly that you do, but what if it's successful? Why would you want to go back and, and, and you know, go back down that path? Now, a lot of there's is financial decisions, too. 
You see where this is going? That that forces a lot of uh, people's hands in in sports, honestly. Um, so that, that's just a lot of guys stepping up. Brady and and Peyton are probably two of the most noticeable noticeable faces and personalities in the NFL uh, in the past decade plus. Obviously, twenty plus years with Tom Brady um, and Peyton as well. Peyton was a former uh, a replacement Bear. So local local connections has led to speculation that he could be the Bears head coach. Um, reportedly, they did discuss trading for him, but that was not happening. Everybody's doing all that. They don't even got the capital to do all of that. And that would be silly. Anyway, um, but just a lot of change going on in the uh, NFL. And so, man, as we keep an eye on the rest of the head coaching op- openings, I hope I didn't miss anybody. If I did, I will address them on the next episode. But it was just that Brady news kind of threw off a lot of the things that I was going to talk about. And so we got a lot of other stuff to get to uh, before we keep going on here uh real quick leslie frazier that name disappeared real quick huh 13 seconds that's all it took for it to fall away that's all i'm saying oh I, I that's all i'm saying i t- tweeted out can follow me on uh twitter at josh G. buck follow the show three zeros pod um yeah frazier frazier's fall took 13 seconds i there, if anybody would have hired him after that that would have been just like the bears hiring matt Nagy after the exit that he had now you can say they hired Eberflus, who had those back-to-back losses to the colts or to the uh, raiders and to the jaguars uh, the offense stalled them out, in, or the offense did not bail them out, couldn't help them, didn't help them at all, rather, uh, against the Raiders. And against the Jaguars, they have historically struggled. It's not an excuse. It happened. Neither one is an excuse, but that's what happened. Um, and so you hope that it's different now. Obviously, with the crack staff around you, that changes a lot of stuff and makes things a lot better. So we'll see how that all turns out, just to bring it back to the Bears. Uh, Joe Burrow won the 2021 Pro Football Writers of America Comeback Player of the Year Award. Uh, and the man is snapping. He'll be taking on Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game and the Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game on Sunday. And honestly, Joe Burrow's that dude, been that dude. And I, we, I think we talked about it when he won the national championship uh, at LSU. If not, we should have because I was a fan then and whatever. Twitter, you would have known. Follow me on Twitter, Joshy Fuck. Uh, Joe Burrow this year, 4,611 4, yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 picks. Um, remember, he only played, what was it, one game last year? What did he play last year? No, he played 10. Okay. Um, before he got that gruesome knee injury where he destroyed that bad boy and and that offensive line. And he got sacked nine times in that game against the Raiders. And so, like, I, and, 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 <laughs> Joe Burrow is that dude and what i mean by that is when you have a quarterback it it, it provides you a band-aid with a lot of stuff and not only do they have a quarterback but then they provide him with a top-notch weapon in jamar chase they already had two other weapons e higgins and they still went out and got him another weapon because he wanted it and it's worked the plan that the Bengals had have shown you that they are there it does it doesn't have to take you years remember when Matt Nagy got hired in the bears i know i keep bringing it back to the bears and i'm sorry but when Matt Nagy got hired with the Bears, they said it takes two years to install an offense and get things going. They gave him, what, four or seven? What is he? Seven, yeah, 18, 19, 20, 21. All right, he got four years. That's at the third one, he should have been gone because your two-year plan was off and it doesn't take that long because we saw signs last year. So that's, I think, where my, where, my, where, where my admiration for what Burrow brings comes from is that the ability to turn a franchise around just by his presence. They wouldn't have brought in Chase, right? They've even started to try to rebuild the line. They got to do more work, but like, I, I just, I, I just am a big fan of what Burrow brings. And honestly, that's a world's well, well deserved award after the year that he had last year. Uh, staying, I guess, semi quasi in the in the AFC North. OBJ reportedly ter- told turd. <laughs> 
OBJ reportedly told Von Miller not to come to Cleveland when the two met last offseason. Uh, Miller was looking for a new home, and OBJ told him not to come to Cleveland. I don't know how else to put it. And now they are teammates in L.A. fighting for a chance to go to the Super Bowl while the Browns are debating what to do with their quarterback that they swerved down was not the cause of the problem and was the franchise. And now they don't, you know, they, they might be stuck with him in a very, again, Bears-esque situation like with Trubisky. Um, and again, the, the, the Miller, people who doubted OBJ had to eat crow. Miller started to come alive as well. Uh, and that's just foresight. And I, I think that if you didn't, weren't blinded by your dislike for for Beckham for for whatever reason, you probably would have seen that it was not Beckham in the that was a problem in in Cleveland. And I know his father didn't help by by piling on. Um, I've said the same thing about Cam Newton. We see something like that. Nah, not as much because he's pretty respectful. Uh, Trey Young's father is pretty 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 nice in 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 the NBA, especially compared to the NFL fathers. NFL fathers have been kind of wild and out there. I get it though. That's what you do. I don't. I've I've never understood people let the perceptions like the like the Ball brothers in in the NBA. Why do you let the fathers? words uh, impact your perception of the, the, the kid and how they play how the child the, the son of the the offspring of performs i don't i've never understood that it's a weird weird way to go about it i don't like the way that your father talks so you suck that doesn't make any sense um and so you know it's 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 clear now that it wasn't obj uh and and the fact that he's got a chance to help the rams get to and possibly win the super bowl is just uh, a cherry on top for what has been one of the most discussed players uh, for all the wrong reasons in recent years. Antonio Brown <laughs> going from one off-talked, off-discussed, often-discussed, whatever, uh, um, much-discussed player to another. Antonio Brown is stumping to join his cousin, uh, Hollywood Brown, in Baltimore with the Ravens, and Lamar Jackson support, supported, reportedly supports it. I'm getting tongue-tied now. Um, and, you know, maybe, I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't, that, no, I, I stumped for that. I said that a couple of years ago uh, when they got Hollywood to bring him along properly because he wasn't ready to be a top flight number one receiver. Uh, they got Rashad Bateman in the draft and I like him too, but he probably still isn't that either. Even at his peak, you bring an AB physically, he can still be that guy enough to where those other guys are, are in their proper roles. Uh, chemistry wise, don't do it. Just don't do it. They got a tight knit group there in Baltimore. Everybody that comes in seems to get along. Don't, don't don't ruin that by bringing in somebody who's going to uh, clearly disrupt wherever he goes. That's just what AB has done everywhere, every which way. You could say he was right about the situation that he was in, whatever the case may be. It did not go well, did not end well, and that's just something to avoid. Uh, and you know, talent wise, again, it's still there. I just, I just, it, I just don't see that working out for a team that's still pretty young overall, even if they have some age in some key areas. As for the picks this weekend, um, it's only two games. So, you know, not going to be hard. You have the uh, 49ers and the Bengals, and then you have the uh, Chiefs and the uh, Chiefs and the Rams. I'm sorry. <laughs> 49ers and the Rams, and then the Chiefs and the uh, Bengals. I don't know how what made me get that all confused. Um, and I'm going with the Chiefs, and I'm going with the 49ers. Uh Kyle Shanahan is 6-0 against Sean McVay. It's a very, very Aaron Rodgers-like situation. Um, McVay's team has Matthew Stafford now, and that's a big difference, but I, they, some of those wins came with Matthew Stafford too, so we can't, we can't quite put that on there. Um, and then for the Bengals, as much as I admire what they've done, 
same thing like I said with the with the Bills last week. You got to go up against the big dog, right? Until you you can't be the man until you beat the man, and the Chiefs are the man right now. Four straight AFC Championship games. Um, they despite starting the season with their first time going three, uh, falling below five hundred in Patrick Mahomes' career, they're still here. Joe Burrow probably got next, or he's got he's got a little part of what's coming up next with, for now with Patrick Mahomes, but it's still Patrick Mahomes' time. And I just as much as I would wouldn't mind seeing the Bengals advance, I think this is still the Chiefs' game to take and and. Uh, if I got to pick a, a matchup that I want to see, I want to see Chiefs Rams. And if it is the Bengals, then I want to see them face the 49ers for, for that 1980s feel to it. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I don't really just have some good games. They're not going to be able to live the last week, but that's fine. Just have some good games. And the the added intrigue, I think, of of that uh, that Rams game. I got to go back to that, too, because I, I got a got a little clip of clip we got to talk about. That was that maybe should be. Uh, uh, Nothing, but it came became something. And uh, talking to reporters a couple of weeks ago, week 18, uh, George Kittle was discussing how, you know, it's going to be a, a physical game between the 49ers and the Rams. So it was going to be a body bag game. Rams coach Raheem Morris said that, uh, you know, they took note of that. I don't want to say offense, but they, they noted it and they didn't appreciate it. And they, it's their turn to repay them, in the favor, repay them that favor because the, Ram, the 49ers did win that game. And uh, George Kittle made sure that he, in his press conference, addressed that situation. Uh, Kittle, Kittle's just a man. Here's Kittle. Uh, actually, my favorite thing was, was I'll just give you guys this because it was fun. Apparently, I used a body bag quote that, you know, they, they used in their locker room this entire week. And I was saying it was for both sides of the ball, you know. Whoever it is, Rams or Niners, <clears throat> someone's leaving in a body bag. And we go down 17-0, to zero, and I had five guys chirping me in the air that, hey, you guys are putting you in a body bag, Kittle. And I was like, a lot of time up on that clock, boys. And, uh... Hopefully uh, I can see them again because uh, that was a fun body bag game. <laughs> so there you have George Kittle talking about the body bag game. It's going to be a fun body bag. That was a fun body bag game. And I, look, man, I like it. I like Kittle's personality. I love the ending. You know, let me double down on it real quick. Also, if you're the Rams, you can't let a team come in, with, in there with Jimmy G, who I've noted can suck for the entire game and then pull out a play that you just happen to need, like fighting George Kittle to get that drive at the end of the last game against the Packers. Jimmy G's a timely good. He's not, he's Jimmy. G's probably the closest thing we have to Trent Dofer. Jimmy G is the closest thing we have to Trent Dofer in the NFL right now. That's a good one. I'm going to put that on there. That's going to be one of the, one of the, uh, one of the key points. Jimmy G is Trent Dofer. When I, when I put the promo together for this video or for this uh, recording, Jimmy G is Trent Dilfer because he's mostly handing the ball off. But when you need him to make a play, he's probably going to make a play. That's that's what's going to happen. And, you know, when they when he plays, they win. And that, if that gets him a championship, then so what? So be it. So be it. Love that, though. Switching gears now. The uh, NBA is is nearing their trade deadline. And we have a lot of rumors going on. And one of the big ones has been around John Collins. And I'm going to start with, I usually end up with the teams that I cover because, you know, local news. I don't know. I'm supposed to do the locals first, but I end up doing that last. Usually, usually. Starting off here, though. One of the biggest names has been John Collins, and there's been a lot of connection with him and Ben Simmons and C.J. McCollum and all that kind of stuff, right? All these names have been floating around. And for the Hawks, at least, having won their sixth straight game, uh, I'm not sure that the trade chatter 
is as warranted as the health chatter. And I wrote about this for Story Non South a while ago. That not that, that you know, was it more health than it was performance, or was that you know were they hand in hand? That seems to be the case. As guys have come back, they're in their proper roles, they're feeling, they're functioning better, and they've even been able to withstand some minor setbacks in that regard because they've had more guys uh, available to them. Saw the stat that it was the first time that they had been uh, without anybody on the injury report since January 3rd of 2020. Like, insane amount of time just being beat up and battered. Um, That being said, though, I do think that there's going to still be some moves made because I don't know what parts of these are going to be consistently happening when you need them to happen most. A lot of what they still get is based off momentum and movement, as I was on the Hawks Beat podcast with... uh, with uh, E-Dub uh, this week. A lot of what they get is based off momentum, and I think you need that 20-point-per-game guaranteed guy when it comes down to it in the playoffs, when they lock you down in the half court. I don't know if the Hawks have that yet. Bogdanovich was looking really good the past couple of games, so maybe he can keep being that dude because he's had, I think he's come close both games. Um, he had 19 last night, so uh, I, I just want to see them reached that potential game because they, they, I, I had them in high regard this year. I was upset they had so many teams above them, and they proved them right, me wrong, Mia culpa. Um, Stephen A. Smith picked, said that he would pick Darius Garland over Trey Young. That's asinine. Um, but, like, I just, I, the trade, there's only so many people that would be upgrades for this team. And I don't think as, enough of them are available right now for the right price. It's a, it's a very delicate situation, chemistry in the NBA, and I think that's why when I ever that whenever I hear this trade chatter, most of it I laugh at because people people mock mock trades, they mock the fan trade proposal. But when you hear some of the stuff that band, that's been banded by the NBA, it's just as bad, if not worse. And like the the Knicks are now trying to move off all their guards that have helped them that they resigned and signed in this offseason or whatever because they want to play Cam Reddish. Why'd you give up a pick for Cam Reddish when your wing rotation was so deep in the first place? Um, with Tibbs. Um, talks of Boston wanting to do something, but not wanting to break up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They just got smoked by the Hawks on Friday. Like, like Tatum looked horrible. Five turnovers. He was awful from three. You got to do something. But at the same time, what's the right something? Because honestly, as I've had discussion many times with, with people, Boston really just needs a point guard, but because the, they look so lost a lot, a lot of the time, they just don't know how to get themselves set up, and they 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 just get to chucking up shots and doing stuff, just doing stuff. I said this when they hired Emil Adoka after promoting Brad Stevens, and really it was about Brad Stevens. That was a mistake because you promoted a guy that didn't really earn it with his performance on the court. He didn't get him a championship. What made him worthy of being a front office guy? I. I yeah. If anything, he had shown an inability to work with star players, and that would have been a concern. And now they're just back kind of treading water. So we'll see what happens with them, too. But again, just the trade chatter in the NBA is always funny to me because there's definitely a fine line between tweaking your roster for the better and and just throwing your chemistry all the way out of whack. Cole Anthony 
has reportedly uh, said that he will enter the dunk contest. And at six foot three in the point guard, that's interesting uh, entry because I don't think any many people really associate him with that. But you know, we I'm all for personalities. But I think personalities make it a little bit better than just simply athleticism. We've seen some great athletes go in there and be dry and not inspiring at all. So Cole Anthony's personality would make for an interesting watch, and I would definitely be entertained to see or be interested in seeing. Uh, would make for an entertaining watch, and I would be interested in seeing. There we go. I was like, something about that seemed off. Um, and I'd be interested to see uh, what he would do. You know, just what kind of bunnies does he have? What, what's what is what's in that bag, dunk wise? Because I don't know that we've gotten to see uh, much really from him in that regard in the NBA. But another person who who wasn't as committed to the uh, dunk contest as Cole was Hawks for John Collins, and uh, just let's take a listen to what John Collins had to say uh, after their win over the Celtics on Friday night. <laughs> hey, hey, John, All-Star Weekend, dunk contest this year? Come on, what are we doing? Ooh, it's in Cleveland. It's in Cleveland this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> well, crickets. You got to yeah. check back to me on that, guys. Yeah, but, uh, I think we know, just lost we'll the signal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. John, John, congratulations. Six straight win. You guys are playing he's, great. Can't he's wait. in Cleveland. <laughs> Can't wait to see you Sunday against the Lakers. Big one for you at State Farm. <laughs> appreciate you guys. See you soon. Thank Always you, uh, appreciate you guys having me on, man. So as a Bulls fan at heart, that 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 speaks to me. That speaks to the Joe Kim Noah fan in me. I love that for John Collins. John Collins reminds me a lot of Joe Kim Noah in that a lot of what he does is based off of energy and effort as well. And I last game he had 21 points, tied with Trey Young for the team lead, nine boards. And I think what we've seen from John Collins is a focused effort to do two things: attack the boards and score the ball. And I've talked about this that I think a lot of what caused his problems with his not being satisfied with his role was he was doing a little bit too much on his own. Just focus on doing those two things and look at how much better it's worked out for them over the past few games, especially for him. And again, last game, 21-9. to um, But that was harkening back to Joe Kim Noah talking about Cleveland. What's good about Cleveland? You ever, I'll never hear anybody say they want to go to Cleveland. Joe Kim Noah's rant is epic. And I'm going to retweet it when I find it on Twitter. Again, follow me on Twitter at Joshy Buck. Um, but I just love that response from him. Now, again, I, I'm... I, I don't know if he's meaning in disrespect to Cleveland, but as a person who is in the Midwest, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, listen, it's cold. In the, it's cold in Cleveland. It's cold in Cleveland. Not in Cleveland, but it's cold. I'm not in Cleveland, but it's cold in Cleveland. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, um, wintertime up north is not is not uh, anything like what they call cold in, in wintertime in the south. It's just different. Different kind of cold. Different kind of weathers. Um, and so it, it's funny. John Collins is definitely a personality. He's been, again, at the heart of many a, a debate about being traded. Like I said, um, think he's the heart and soul of that team. I'd hate to see him go. Hopefully he can keep up that kind of play like he had against the Celtics because I think that if he does, they won't do anything because they really do have enough pieces all when everybody's performing up to their level of play, up to the top level. They just have to do that part consistently, play up to their top level. Uh, Joel Embiid paid Luis Alvarado of the New Orleans Pelicans fine. Yeah, after the game, uh, they two got into it and they were drawn back and forth. And B basically just said that he liked that Alvarado did not back down. And so he paid off the fine. Just leave that at that, I guess. Um, yeah, just leave that at that. The uh, <laughs> the Hornets dropped 158 points uh, after a loss to the Hawks this week. Um, meanwhile, the Hawks are streaking. I told you about Stephen A. Smith saying that Darius Garland is better than Trey Young, and he would have him as an All Star. People are mad that the Bulls did not get Zach Levine over Trey Young. Um, I, I don't. I talked about this a lot. I don't, I don't know if people have been paying attention when I write it. It's on Twitter. I've shared it, so it's not just me saying it. Trey Young is having a historic season. 
Like, it's not just like a good season. He's having a historic season. And I know the Hawks haven't been as good as people hoped, so they want to take that out on him. But it hasn't been him, people. I promise you that. I promise you that. There's been moments where he hasn't been great, but it hasn't been him, by and large. By and large, he's been the reason why they've been competitive in most outings and have won as much as they have. So please stop trying with the slander. And, and, and as we know, Stephen A. Smith, the Skip Baylesses of the world, they get by with bigging up somebody else or slandering somebody else to big up another. And it's unnecessary, and that's what I think this more was than anything, but it was unnecessary. Um, I do hope, though, I, I, oh, let me say this. This is also a moment for me to say a mea culpa about Darius Garland. Because coming into that draft, I was hoping that the Bulls did not take him. I was like, ah, he's got hurt, and... We don't know his body's health, and you know he they don't need another guard with uh, knee problems. And well, my man's a beast. And the Bulls were up until this season searching for a point guard, right? They had to go out and trade for one, spend a lot of money on two to make it work, um, and then drafted another one. So, uh, Mia Copa, full full blown Mia Copa on uh, Darius Garland. My bad, man, buddy, bad. Like buddy, buddy's a killer out there on the floor. Like I, I okay, that's a bad man. All right, my bad. I apologize. <laughs> gotta call it. Gotta, gotta own it when you were wrong about someone. I was definitely wrong about Darius Garland. Um, and then finally, the Bulls. Uh, they fell to the... Uh, who did they play? See, I already, I already blacked it out. They, they fell to the San Antonio Spurs uh, on Friday on the road. But they had a lead in that game when they let it go. And second half of the game... San Antonio just pick and roll them to death. And a lot of people, including myself, were piling on Nikola Vucevic. And then others came to his defense and pointed out how the guards have to help him out. I will say it's both. And I don't mind either one catching some slander here. Uh, Vooch is definitely slow to react on anything defensively. And he doesn't put up much resistance even once he does react. And then the guards, IQ, tends to wane if it's not Caruso and Ball. And I think, I mean, that's what you expect when you don't have your starting two-point guards who are both defensive-minded out there. Um, but I'm not of the mindset yet that they also don't need to make a trade. Because when you get to the postseason, as they will, no matter what seed they get there, that they will get there, teams are going to do exactly what what uh, San Antonio did and pick and roll Vucevic and Levine to death. And you tell me you're not, taking, you're not putting them on the court? You're not going to leave them on the court? So they need people that can make up for them. You can do that when Ball and Caruso get back for Levine. Who's making up for Vooch? Javante Green is good. He's in the playoffs. That size is going to matter. I promise you it will. It, it matters every year. Vooch is going to be a problem. That's why we can talk about it being the guards too, but the one that they have to address is Vooch because they already have ways to address Javante Green and Ayo and, uh, and, and can help out with without Caruso and Ball for right now. Kobe can play a little bit feisty on defense. He's been playing feisty on defense. But you got to do something about, about Vooch. You got to. Because he's not giving you enough offensively consistently enough to make up for what's getting, what he's giving up defensively. It's just not going to work. Hopefully they figure it out. I have faith that they will. Um, glad the Hawks are figuring it out because it's, it's tough to write about teams when they're both losing. Glad to see at least one keeping the afloat. And uh, Hawks, man, let's keep it going. They can face the Lakers on Sunday to try to get win number seven. The Lakers beat them last game, but they can beat the Lakers. Come on, now it's the Lakers. They can do this. They can do this. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeus. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, website, ClockerSports.com. Email address, ClockerSports at gmail.com. And be sure to follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at 30spod. That's the number 30spod. And of course, read this up. Last run on pro football. Pippin ain't easy. Sorry, not 
Thesouth.com. Until the very next time. That was a fun body bag game.